All right, back again. What's up, everybody? Back for another Nomex Effect show with Sean Langdon and J.R. Todd. We're uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool time coming back, man. This is a got the indie winner on the show today. J.R. Todd, funny car indie car or in, funny car indie winner. It's a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> a tongue twisted myself. So uh, I missed the last one though. Yeah, I wouldn't even call that a show. You guys had who it, was all on? Okay, so we had Nikki Buck and Jan over the host. So Nikki Bonifani and John Oberhofer. Yeah, they were guest host, and Dell was here. Brandon Slugger, JP Shaggy. So a couple days after you know, bunch of the TRD guys. Yeah, yeah. after the dust settled, I went to upload. The audio, which I thought worked, because I knew the Facebook part wasn't right, because you can only hear two of the mics. Went to uh, upload the SD card, and there's nothing there. So there's a lot, there's of, a lot of background noise. There's a lot of good content gone. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good content gone. So we're going to have to uh, try that again, because I feel like that probably would have been the best show ever. Pretty good? Pretty good, from what I remember. <laughs> I wasn't. Of, I wasn't in the the studio for all of it, but yeah, yeah it was good. Yeah, I was. I, I was able to watch a little bit of it, um, but obviously, man, those guys are hilarious. So I was uh, trying to keep up with it, but had a uh, had family there, and you know the the big indie race. So there's, I was I wasn't able to make it, but uh, it looked like a good show though. <laughs> Shaggy was uh, really entertaining. I'm pretty pissed that it didn't record what why what was he saying just whatever i mean he was uh even after the show he was pretty entertained just doing some impersonations and what have you but yeah i wasn't in here the whole time they were all talking but they were all dying laughing so i know it was good (laughs) oh yeah well you got to celebrate the win yeah we definitely did some celebrating it uh Man, it was hot that day. Like, I could not wait to get back here and take an ice-cold shower. Right. Like, it was brutally hot. So once that happened, then then we celebrated back here at my place. You know, it was weird because Indy seemed, as it usually does, it's it's a long week. And it seemed like a long week, but then when it was over, it was kind of like, man, that flew by. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it seems like you're there for almost two weeks with testing and... Correct. and all that. Correct. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, was a, I, mean, I thought it was a pretty good race. Yeah. I, yeah. But, like, I mean, Brainerd was a good race. And I thought Indy, considering the weather and what have you, like, it was hot. And track was uh, pretty good for how hot it was. I thought it was another good race. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Friday night, track was awesome. Yeah, Track was really good Friday night. Um, and then as the weekend went on, you know, I think everyone was kind of in the, in the same boat, obviously, with the, the track temperatures and uh, the, the hot temperatures. There's only really so much that you can do, but obviously uh, you kind of ran the table on everybody. Qualified number one, won the race. <laughs> Friday night, I feel like we, uh, or at least I, was really lucky. I, could, I can't see. I don't know if it's I can't see. I'm just terrible at driving at night. Like It has to be an extremely well-lit track for me to even drive remotely straight down the track. And that thing was all over the place, and somehow it uh, it held on to go 91. And I, at that time, I didn't know if that would hold up, but uh, it did. I mean, there was a few cars behind us that struggled to get down, and 
you guys ran well as, as well. And that, uh, that's, that's what's key going into, uh, the rest of the weekend is getting that one night run under your belt. Exactly. Yeah. Cause, uh, it always seems like the Friday night session, which is typically our Q2, right. Uh, but with Indy having qualifying Friday, Saturday and Sunday was our Q1. Um, that, that night session is critical to be top five or top six. And that's kind of what it seemed to, to do again. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it is really hard. I've noticed driving the funny car and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it, it, I don't know if it's because you have to look out a little bit further down the track when you're looking over the injector or with a dragster, you're looking pretty close in front of you. Um, but I've noticed that about the funny car. I, I do the same thing, have a little bit of trouble on the night runs where I don't know if it's you're looking out further or if it's the bigger window or uh, or what it is. But it, it seems like it's harder to decipher out where the groove is because you'll kind of have like a it'll almost be like a gray color where, right. the, where the groove is. And then out of the groove, obviously black, but it's hard to kind of distinctively see where that line is and you know some grooves will kind of go a little inside or outside but it can be very very difficult on the night runs driving the funny car with that yeah i i mean i catch myself i almost guessing where you're at like kind of steering like this just hoping you're going straight and i noticed that i think robert and courtney maybe a couple others like it's looked like their car got out of the groove and smoked the tires and ours definitely got out of the groove and jerked it back and usually when you do that it upsets the car and uh, start spinning, and somehow it, it, it didn't. But, yeah, I think it's a combination of not being being able to look down at the track like you're used to in a dragster, and it's dark. And it's almost like those things are shaded when you're sitting in there. Even in the daytime, it's somewhat dark in a funny car. I agree, yeah. Because you uh, sit back, you know, behind the roof a little bit. Right, and it, which, which it helps out a lot on certain tracks when you have that sun yes. coming in at you. Um Sonoma or Seattle tracks like that where you're looking into the sun but it almost kind of seems like the body it's utilized a little bit as a blocker to block the sun out um and then obviously when you're going down the track and you're wearing a lot of clutch a lot of that clutch dust will come in and then it'll shade everything even more where it's a difference of like you're not wearing sunglasses till you put sunglasses on I mean that's how much clutch dust will come inside the cockpit and uh and darken everything up and then on a night run when it's doing that it just kind of, uh, I think it just makes some of the problems worse. Uh, absolutely. Then you take in the way the body shakes when you're making a run. That thing's vibrating so bad that it just, it kind of blurs everything for you a little bit. Right. Yeah. That's on a good run. Right. Where it's a little blurry. And then on the bad runs, like if you have, if your helmet's touching the roll bar padding or, or anything like that, I mean, yeah, then, then it gets just where you can't see at all. Or maybe we're just, whiny drivers making excuses it's tough man i'm telling you it's tough (laughs) it's not easy by any means so what do you think i mean obviously indy is our biggest race but what do you think was like the the your best moment of that race for us yeah uh i mean obviously winning but yeah that that what kind of stands out to you that friday night run was pretty big for us because i couldn't tell you the last time we've made a, a low 390 run it would have to be at the beginning of the year. So it was nice to show that, uh, you know, we could go out there and, and throw out a big number and compete with those guys. But for whatever reason, the run that sticks out in my mind for us was uh, the semifinals against TJ. 
I mean, he uh, he been running good all the way back to Indy Test in the heat. Made some really good runs. Yeah. Made some good runs in qualifying in the heat. And we went 0-4. Like I think that was like a pretty big run for that time of day. Yeah. Well, what did TJ run on that? I think he ended up spinning down track. He okay. said. Okay. Yeah. And then I know like uh, us and and Hagen. I mean, we only went you know four low four teens or whatever it was. So yeah, you basically had us all covered by a tenth. Yeah, like I thought, I thought that was big. But I after that, I I thought for sure like Hagen and Dakey, like they're gonna come back and unload a four zero against us. So we're gonna have to, like you can't back it down. That that's the tricky part about races like that and the people that you run against. We had to run a Robert second round. Usually, to me, I think second round might be one of the worst rounds for the track all day long because I don't think they spray it going into second round like they might later in the day or for first round and it's usually one of the hotter points of the day it's just not that good so like you got to go up there and and rely on you know jp and juan and chad with the uh the grip numbers that they're giving you from from trd and then not be real conservative because you can't back it down when you're racing guys like that because like they're gonna make you pay for it right so it's kind of a fine line the crew chief's got to go up there and uh toe on those uh tricky conditions yeah because generally first round you'll have you know i mean a full track prep so first round, you can kind of get after it a little bit. Right. And then it seems like it goes right back around as soon as they get done all with all, all through first round, um, you know, between uh, Top Fuel Funny Car Pro Stock and then uh, if motorcycles are running there, they may slide in alcohol dragsters, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of track prep. So then they'll run us right back up there. And then it's typically about that time of the day is, you know, one o'clock or so. So it, the sun's setting on the track and and uh, gets it warms up quite a bit. So yeah, that second round, you know, it, it, it gets definitely tricky. I mean, you see a lot of crew chiefs struggle in that second round. Yep. Especially like the 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 fast running guys. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to back them off enough. Correct. Yeah. So it, something I didn't realize until I heard uh, I think it was you and Wilkerson talking earlier in the weekend about the different tire compounds that we have to deal with that kind of mess with the track prep. Yeah, um, I I think that there's it, and it's weird because it just seems like it's been the last couple of years. But where it seems like we, it, there's a little bit of an issue on on us is like if they run cars in the morning on Sunday, sportsman cars. It, it seems like it there, it's a different track for our cars. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of times that they have to run the sportsman cars early Sunday morning to kind of catch back up with the schedule. You know off of weather or what have you. Um, but it always seems like for some reason, it always seems like when the sportsman cars run in the morning, it's a different grip number that, that we have. And I don't know what's what it is or, or if it's the different tires that are running or if it's, uh, they don't put as much emphasis on, on the track prep as soon as the sportsman cars get done before us or what it is. But it always seems like, those goofy first rounds where you see a lot of the upsets and you see a lot of right. kind of weird stuff going on. You kind of track back the last couple of years and those are the races that you kind of have that. And, but yeah, yeah. Tim and I were talking about that, but there's really no rhyme or reason for it. Um, I mean, because obviously the sportsman cars, they run all weekend long yep. and they run on Thursday, they run on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but it, it is definitely a different round when, when that happens. Yeah, I think that goes back to also why second round gets more tricky because all those guys are filling in the time that we're not running as well and more cars on the track. It, the, you could tell the track 
wasn't as good as when we tested, which I thought it would be worse than what it was. I thought it was pretty good all weekend long for as many cars that went up and down the track. I mean, they started running on Wednesday. Well, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, it's the biggest race, the biggest car counts, um, and they have every class there. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely <laughs> thousands of runs that go down the track, you know, in a matter of those uh, the five days or, or six days that, that they're racing. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it was definitely a different track than we had at testing for sure. But I think testing, um, maybe they were able to prep a little bit more or, yeah, or cater to us more, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, but you know, there were some really good runs in testing. It seemed like everybody had to kind of back it off a little bit, but the, the Friday night session, I think everyone was running that that's kind of what everyone kind of figured. Right. As far as ETs and, and, you know, the range of, of what the top couple cars should run and all that. So, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a cool event, man. Uh, I was just happy to get to the semis, get some, some <laughs> rounds going, get, uh, move up a spot in the points. Um, that's, yeah, that's good. Like what you said, you finish as high as you possibly could, which that was the goal going into the race. Right. right? Yeah. Obviously it would have been cool to be running you in the final, but Hey man, team win. I, was, I thought it was going to happen. It was it was badass, man. Two years in a row for you. I mean, Indy's Indy's a big race. And uh, I mean, did you see anything outside of that after the race? As far as um, I mean, a lot of like media and stuff like that 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 were kind of you know because obviously like if if you see like NASCAR, man, they you win Daytona. Yeah, you're going to New York and doing yeah. the media tour, right? No, I just sat here on the couch, watched the replay of the race. Yep, did an interview with Joe Costello couple others doug herbert and marty huff that's about it sweet <laughs> yeah we've talked about that before like I'm not saying it because you either one of us have won the race but it's a big race like pump it up a little more show that it's a big race right i agree yeah and i mean i th- i think one one thing that we didn't have this year the the shootouts the tracks of shootouts yeah we need those back we do I mean, that's a big race. You know, typically they pay $50,000 to win a race. Indy's a little bit more, 100000 And then you have the tracks of shootout. Or what What was the tracks of shootout? And that pays 100000 as well. But we don't have it's, – it's not there anymore. And obviously a lot of drivers seem to want it. But until we read a story, it kind of threw us off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, there's a story on Competition Plus about um, no bonus race draws mixed results for NHRA top fuel drivers. Well, there was a couple or a few drivers that they'd interviewed, and you know, kind of all all the same consensus that you know it's nice to be able to race for that for that amount of money. Uh, you know, you have two shots at a hundred thousand um, dollars. I mean, well, you, that could be you, a big payday. You have a good weekend, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. I mean, you you're thinking you have a good weekend. You're able to win both. I mean, you That's know, with a, with almost half mil, if two of our cars win it. Right. Exactly. You got yeah, top fuel and in, in a, a funny car. Exactly. But you look at like what what a budget costs to run these things. I mean, you're in the two to three million dollar range, and you can have a good weekend that that you can get $200,000 back and, you know, get eight per eight to 10% of your budget back. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big weekend, but 
what was kind of weird was like where a couple of the drivers had said, you know, yeah, the, you know, it'd be nice to race for a little bit extra money, but it's also nice not to have to worry about it. Or, um, and it takes a little, or it takes a little bit of pressure off. Like uh, who's putting the pressure on you though? Like is your team or your sponsors saying, Hey, like we're expecting you to go out there and win this hundred grand. But yeah, what, what kind of confused me on the, on the situation is when they run it, they run it as a, like in a qualifying yeah, you're you're making the same amount of runs, like you said, unless you go to the final of the shootout, you get one extra run. Then you get one extra run, which is good for the crew chief. You get an extra shot at the track. Right. But so first round, they would typically run, you know, they have one, uh, what was it, Saturday they ran the dragsters, and then Sunday they ran the funny cars. Right. But so then top field dragster in the shootout would run Q2 for first round, and then uh, Q3, um would be the second round and then they kind of fill in for the final after that. But like, you're not making any extra runs. I mean, it, it, potentially one more if you're in the final, but it's for a hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. Who, like, who, who doesn't want to run for some extra money, big money, right? Like that's, that's I, why I, we're out here. That's why we're here. It's to compete. It's the adrenaline rush. It's to have that pressure and to be able to thrive through the pressure and like all those instant gratification, uh, feelings that you get from winning. Like, to it it just blew me away when I was reading this and some of the people were saying, Well, it's you know, I guess it takes a little bit of pressure off, which is nice. And then, you know, I guess yeah, it'd be nice to have the race for it, but you know, it's nice not to have to worry about it. Like I wanna worry about that. Like well I wanna worry about racing for more money. So I wanna worry about race for a million dollars. Yeah. If you say that then then how's your mindset going into this weekend? Like these next six races are the highest pressured events that we run. Yeah, you just said that you don't want to race for a hundred thousand dollars because there's pressure. Now you race for five hundred thousand dollars for the championship. So, man, that was we're, we're kind of reading this and we're just thinking like, I don't understand this. Like that, it kind of kind of sits a little weird with me on on the fact that like I I would feel that all of us drivers should would be on the same page as far as like man we need to find another sponsor to put on this tracks a shootout it's eight of the best cars that are racing yes for a chance at a hundred thousand dollars yes and majority of the drivers get bonus off of it so that's more incentive for you to make more money for yourself yeah coletta motorsports everybody that's employee there gets a cut of it correct i guarantee you they want it back hundred <laughs> percent I mean the crew guys. That's how they make bonus money. Like that. That's how they make money is off of bonus money. And like, so yeah. That when I, reading that article, I'm thinking like, what the what the hell are we talking about? Here? Right. Yeah. I completely disagree with all that. It, but the only thing I guess where the shootout can kind of screw you is if you don't get down the track during the night runs or whatever. Then you're going in the first round. Like, do you race or do you try and qualify? Well. My my mentality on that would be you absolutely race because if you don't have an opportunity on Sunday to make the hundred thousand dollars, you have the opportunity on, or I'm sorry on on Monday to make the hundred thousand dollars. You have the opportunity in a shootout to make the hundred thousand dollars. Right. So either way, you have two shots at a hundred thousand dollars. Now, kind of what we had talked about is the Friday night session is your session to really 
make a, a haul ass run. So the final round won't go towards your qualifying. Right. It would just be your first and second round. But, um, I mean, heck, if it was up to me, let's just roll into the races and let's go race. Like, qualifying's overrated. <laughs> You're just making runs. <laughs> like, let's race. Or let's do qualifying for money. Yeah, okay. Like, that's what we need to start doing. Is Turn we- the wind light on. Show the reaction times on the scoreboard. Like, make that all worth something. Yeah, we need to like start shaming some of the people that say, "Well, it's just qualifying. I wasn't trying to hit the tree." Like, you got to hit the tree all the time, man. If you hit the tree all the time, you never miss the tree, right? Those are the ones that feel the pressure of the hundred thousand dollar to win event. Yeah, you you got to like we we need to figure out a way to get that that shootout back. I thought that I always loved racing that man. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I feel like it's not a terrible amount of money for a company to come in and spend, right? What does it pay back to you? It only pays the winner, doesn't it? I believe they it or pays, they pays the runner, runner up, up also. I believe so. Yes, I believe it was a winner and runner up. All right. Um, Still, I'm not sure on the runner up money, but I mean, you know, regardless, it's uh, it's an opportunity to race. Like regardless, you you that's why you show up, is, right? Is to race. So, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, POTUS and the crew will uh, be working on the uh, on the shootouts. Man, we need to get those things back. That. And I remember as a kid, that was always awesome, watching the Big Bud shootout, yes. the school showdown. Yes. I, ever since I've been going to Indy as a little kid, I mean, I think there's only been a year or two that I can remember where there wasn't a shootout. It's always been the Big Bud shootout, the Skull shootout, Traxxas shootout, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. awesome. I think they hyped it up a, way back in the day when it was Big Bud shootout. You had the Clydesdale horses there and all that. Like, right. You could feel like everybody tense up then. Like it was go time. Right. That's that like when you're driving, that's what you want, man. Like, I mean, you're regardless, you're still walking into Indy. It's the biggest race. So you're waking up in the morning. You already got the adrenaline going through through you when when you wake up because you it's Indy. Man. Right. So what's a couple extra runs for one hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. Like you said, we're just you're making qualifying runs basically anyways. Right. I mean, you're race. You're racing and qualifying. Right. Yeah, just so. go up there and hit the tree. Yeah. That's that. Uh, when you're driving, that's all you really got to do. I mean, and you're probably going to hit it a little better because you're actually racing, right? So you got at least me. you should. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know why you'd be. Uh, <laughs> what uh, was uh? What was the moment that stood out to you? I forgot to ask you that. The moment that stood out to me, um, man. Uh, you know, I think progressively as the as the weekend went on. Um, we made it a good run Friday night, qualified, you know, where uh, we felt comfortable with. Um, obviously, we're looking for a little bit more ET out of it. Uh, but just through qualifying, our team was doing, uh, making good runs to get into the, uh, get the bonus points. Right, and yeah, they, you were going down the track. Right, exactly. So typically they, um, they'll give the top three of each session bonus points. In Indy, they'll give top four. Um, but we had a couple sessions where we were getting the bonus points and, um, uh, not that, that was huge, uh, for us, uh, you know, obviously set aside, you know, from winning the event, that's the ultimate goal walking in there. But, um, I think for us just being countdown ready, yeah. uh, making good solid runs, um, you know, where we're able to get in qualifying, we're able to be top, top four, uh, in a couple sessions we were able to, I think. I think in in qualifying we had like the third most bonus points or third or fourth most bonus points, but uh, 
That's first big. Yeah. No, it, it was it was awesome, man. I mean, Kurt and and Nikki and and the whole crew, man, they've just done a fantastic job um getting that car turned around and and uh, having a race car now. We got a we got a good race car and we're third quick first round. Um you know, against Bodie uh in the second round, um kind of made a little mistake driving the car. It went out there and, and it spun the tire. But it was kind of a different feeling for me. Typically, when it spins the tire and it starts smoking, you can feel the the car kind of rise up, and then the the it just revs up a lot. Correct, and the the ass end goes up. The we got pizza coming. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, but you see, you you feel rather than having three to four G's pushing you back, it starts to set you up a little bit, and you start to kind of feel really uh, you know like a negative G. But it was weird how it did it. So it it um, I more felt the motor just lay over. What it actually done was it had spun the tire. When it had spun the tire, put a couple holes out, and then it hooked the tire right back up. Um, so you know, it just yeah, ours I think did the same thing that round. Right, like you expected, just like oh no, it's gonna blow the tires off and he's gonna go driving by me. But no, it's like put a couple holes out and. Kind of stayed hooked up. Right, exactly. So uh, when I was going down the track and, and it did that, immediately in my head I'm thinking like, well, man, was it smoking the tires? Or Now now I'm having the sensation that it has its hooked back up. It's got a couple holes out. It's still going, but, man, the, the motor just sounds like just complete dog shit now. And uh, I go through the finish line. When I lift, I seen it backfire. Then we had a little bit of um, – uh, we had a little bit of uh, a fire. So, you know – kind of trying to manage that and and get that thing out of here and uh um trying to get out of the car and get the body up and all that but um I don't really know if there's one particular thing that that stood out but I think just the whole week and how we progressively got better and and now you know we're really really excited to head to Reading this weekend. Yeah, hopefully uh hurricane what is it Florence Florence doesn't ruin our weekend. But yeah, it always rains at Reading no matter what. It always seems like it's something. How far up did they move this race this year? Two, three weeks? A couple weeks, yeah. But it's probably a good thing that we're not going to Charlotte this weekend like we have in the past. Yeah, well, yeah, with that hurricane coming through. Right. Charlotte's about to get nailed. Right. I mean, you know, man, we got a lot of friends out there, a lot of people we know, so hopefully those guys are going to be safe this weekend, man. We. Yep. That stuff's, that's bad stuff. Nothing to mess with. But yeah, Redding, uh, I think Redding will be good. Friday looks a little iffy, but Saturday and Sunday, I mean, it's usually usually nice and cool there, and it can get really good with all the trees around there. Yeah, and I mean, typically, uh, Redding, when it when it's cool out, Redding's fast. Really so, fast. Yeah, that's that's kind of, I guess, pretty cool for us, uh, you know, coming off of indy where we, we had some pretty good running cars um to you know now we can go to a track where you know maybe if the weather permitting depending on how the weather is start rolling some th- low 390s on race day i'd be happy with that get back to what we're doing in brainerd <laughs> uh, yeah i think that'll turn on some wind lights uh, i would hope so man speaking of i was uh messing around here earlier a couple hours ago you could hear some guys or girls running out at uh IRP a little bit ago. Yeah, we had talked about that. We we should have done some reporting. We should have. But we didn't. Some recon. Yeah, we could have like hit up in the grandstands and got video. 
speaking of reporting, we had that meeting Friday at the track. Our uh, our journalists took some good uh, meeting minutes there, some good notes. Yeah, I saw that. Got a lot of feedback on those. Yeah, we had some meeting minutes, so trying to keep the fans up to date. Yeah, on what, what goes on. On what goes on. So we had a driver's meeting. Um, well, it was drivers, crew chiefs, PR reps, uh, owners. Everybody but crew guys. Basically everybody but crew guys. Yeah, so they just kind of go over everything, talk about. Um, POTUS called you out. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. He called me out because last year I bought NHRA All Access. And, I mean, you pay good money for it. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, 90 bucks, 100 bucks? And when it doesn't work, when I wake up in the morning – and I want to and and I want to watch sportsman cars. I don't want to see this. We'll be back soon. Technical difficulties. Like I paid a hundred bucks. Like should have that figured out last week, bro. I'm with you. But yeah, so he, I don't even know what he said. He was saying something about that they're they're working on making it better. They're working on whatever. And then he mentioned my name about because I would always text him and be like, Hey man, it ain't working again. Hey, at least you're getting through then. Yeah. So, I mean, man, I didn't buy it this year. Too many technical difficulties last year. I like it, though. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good idea. It's a great idea. I mean, it, it's cool as shit to watch. I mean, it, it, you know, you can, you're you're there. I mean, there's times that I'll be, you know, be a lazy driver and it's hot out, but I want to watch sportsman cars, but I don't want to go, and it's hotter than crap outside, so I'll just sit, I'll sit in the lounge and I'll watch a sportsman racing. Why not? I like to go on there and, uh, Watch the replays. But now sometimes you can't even do that because you don't have them on there yet. It takes them a couple days to get the replays going. Why? It takes them a couple days. <laughs> like, what's going on that takes a couple days? Why can't it be up there like right away? Wait, what? So what? I, well, we don't want to like interrupt all this, but what's going on here? Eric, speaking of call-outs, Ron Caps called out my wife on Complus, on the Complus Facebook. I don't know. I didn't see that. I don't know anything about that. Hmm. I didn't. I, didn't, I don't know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to uh, your fire. Was that the first time you had a fire? Um. No. There's another. There's another one that I got a little smoky uh, in Brainerd. It was it went through and uh, and it and I knew that it kicked the rods. Out. I felt the the vibration. Yeah, that's the worst feeling. And so obviously um when you're when you're going down the shutdown area, you you're kind of keeping your eye out. So you're you're watching, you know, to see where the other car is, you're watching the flag guy for whatever he's telling you to do. We we're still trying to figure that out. And um so I seen some of like the just kind of smoke coming through and then when I made the turn then it got to black smoke, and that's kind of where, yeah, it's like, burning. Then this, that's that's not good. Yeah, right. so uh, got out of the car real quick, and um, but I'd already made the turn that w- when we were in Brainerd, so they obviously took care of all that. Uh, but when we were in Indy, it did the same thing, and I'm I'm kind of in that middle zone because you obviously pull over a little bit on the side because you don't want potentially have oil in the groove. Um, but I'm at the point where I don't really want to stop because if you stop, then 
everything's going to settle. The oil's going to drip on the track. You're going to get an oil down. Right. You can't afford to lose points at this point. Well, that round had just put us around John Force to move up to eighth. Had we gotten oil down, we would have moved back down to ninth. So that's 10 countdown points. Right. Um, so typically what I'll try to do is, I mean, you're going to oil down, you're going to oil down regardless, right? I mean, worst case scenario might add two or three minutes to the cleanup, but I'm trying to get off the track, try to, you know, if there's a chance that it's not leaking out, then I want to get off the track. So I was rolling down trying to get off the track, but then it just started doing that black smoke stuff again. Did it get hot? And no, it didn't. It didn't really get hot at that point. Uh, at that, I had undone my seat belts cause I was kind of in the middle of like, I'm almost getting to the turnoff. Do I, do I want to kind of push it? But it got to a point where I'm like, man, I just don't feel safe with it. So, uh, I was pulling off my, uh, my fresh air system off the helmet. And then that's when I could really smell it. And right. then I knew at that point, I'm like, man, I better get out and, and get that body up. So we got the body up and then obviously there's, yeah, there's a pretty decent sized fire, but luckily it didn't, it didn't uh, damage the body. We just obviously had a lot of work uh, to get back to the semis, but we were able to make it. Yeah. That's always my biggest fear or worst feelings when it's on fire like that. Like I want to get the body up right away. Cause you're just creating more work for the guys. If they can't put that thing out soon enough, replacing all the wiring, the cables, like that was a major pain in the ass in between rounds when you only have an hour to turn the thing around or less when, yeah, when you got the TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, fortunately, um, cause they have us on such quick turnarounds. Fortunately, you know, with the Coletta group, there's a, a lot of great, great guys over there. So there's a lot of guys from other teams, you know, from our other groups that were coming over and, and helping and, um, we were able to make it back, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you roast everything off of it and you got to replace all your wiring and, and, you know, all the race pack cables, everything from front to back. And, um, I mean, that can, it's not, it takes your, uh, potential quick turnaround into, uh, you're probably barely going to make it at one point we had contemplated not even warming the car up yeah, because that's tough. we were that time crunch to get back up there. Um, but fortunately we were able to get where we felt like we had a couple extra minutes. So, okay, let's warm it up, make sure everything works, do a quick warm up, And then, um, then we headed up there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that stuff's pretty intense, man. I, fortunately with all the safety stuff we have now with the fire bottles and all that, um, I didn't pull the fire bottles, but we have that option, but man, I couldn't imagine back 20 years ago going through some of those fires. That oh yeah. John Forrest fires and all that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Man, we can't even see the body, just black smoke. I wouldn't be fun at all. Yeah, I, the one time I pulled the fireballs was last year at Indy. I'm like, man, my feet are starting to get hot. Like, you could just feel the heat coming off of them. Like, time to get out. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question, man. I mean, I, I haven't uh, a couple times in, in the funny, or uh, sorry, in the dragster making runs. Obviously, you know, when it when it blows up. But you'll see kind of this flash will come around you on both sides. Mm-hmm. And it'll get real light for a quick second. Yeah, so there's there's a couple times in the dragsters where it's like, mm, time to get out. Yeah, anytime you see flame when you're driving a dragster, not good. The best is when you're making night runs. <laughs> and then it goes through the finish line and you lift and it just, boom. And then there's that brief second where it looks like day. Because <laughs> yeah. everything's lit up so good. And then, yeah, those are the ones where mm. get out. You got a burn mark on your fire suit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only pulled the fire bottles one time and it was by accident. Whoa. We, I was racing a Schumacher car 
and we were in Bristol on a night run. And uh, right when I lifted, I'm, I think I don't know if it it broke something. Uh, I don't know, maybe camshaft or something like that. It was a, it was a pretty big explosion. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And um, so I'm I'm coasting down the shutdown area trying to get the thing stopped, and uh, you know I knew it was pretty by how it blew up. I knew it was pretty big, and you know same thing that we we're just talking about. Everything lights up for a quick second. I was like, okay, this is a good one. So pulling over, trying to get the thing stopped, and in the Schumacher cars they have the canopy, so there's um, two levers that you can pull, and one is you pull it and it releases it to where you can push the canopy up, and the other one is the fireball. <laughs> so I had a handful of brake trying to keep the thing steered, and you know keep it straight, and I just I normally when I would turn off the track. With my right hand, I would reach up and pull right to uh, to release the canopy. Well, I had my hand on the brake, so it was my left hand. So it's just kind of an instinct thing at that point. And it's dark, so you can't really see that well. And I just happened to reach up, and I pulled, and like, all right. So I go to push the canopy up, like, well, that wasn't it. So then I reach over, and I'm and I kind of felt my hand touch on both of them. I'm like, oh no, I think I just. And then <laughs> right about the time I'm thinking about it, my legs are just sopping wet. Oh man! All the fire bottle. I mean, it just drenched everything. So, so is the fire bottle system on those things just like what we have in a funny car, basically similar? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was one of those uh, oh shit moments. That <laughs> my bad. Oops. And uh, you stay in. You make sure you stay and help the guys on that one. That's yeah. A, that's not something that you want to do. <laughs> You'll have that. Sometimes that happens. So we got our. Uh, fantasy deal up and going on the website indy was the the first race that we did it and i promise i had nothing to do with this but my aunt renee won dude how cool is that <laughs> yeah yeah alton who does our website called me today he's like yeah renee baker won i'm like are you kidding me so so she wins a, a choice of i think he said that she picked a t-shirt t-shirt All i right. can handle getting her a t-shirt so might save on shipping a little bit absolutely yeah well, that's cool. Nice so, work, Renee. Obviously, she probably picked you in there. Yeah, he said pick me and Tanner. It's good picks, man. Tanner, Tanner winning Indy. That's awesome. Youngest winner. Like when you're, what is he? Nineteen. Yeah. Do you think he un- understands like how big of a deal it is? Oh, I'm sure he does. Like the dude's a driving machine, man. I I think at that point, like you're still new to everything, so you're just you just have one focus. Like it. it yeah, he ain't putting any pressure on himself. No, he's just going out there to win. Right. And the dude drives his ass off. I mean, hell, what was he, 003 in the final running Jeg? Yeah, beat him one on a whole shot, right? Jeg, I mean, all-time, one of the best racers yeah. ever to one race in. the best in levers it. ever, yeah. Levers, yeah, absolutely. But, dude, you look at what Tanner's done in the last two years. I mean. Leading the points now, going into the countdown. He's got to be like, the, he's got to be a favorite, right? Oh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, if if I had a dollar to bet on it, I'd bet on it. But, I mean, I'm 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 seriously saying, like, if you if you had, like, and I know there's some big names that have run through the pro stock ranks, but as far as natural driving talent, I'd put Tanner top five all time. Whoa. <laughs> like, the dude's, the dude's nasty. I mean, you watch him in qualifying, you know, I, I always keep, keep track of everything where I'm always watching a lot of the pros. You know, in, in on the NHRA website, you can go on, you can see the detailed results, so you can kind of see 
you have some drivers that hit the tree. Some drivers don't. Some drivers, you know, they kind of like the kid's always he's always like 20 or better. Sometimes, right. you know, occasionally he'll be like a his miss is like a 30. Yeah, you that's pretty serious, especially in qualifying. I always hear him talking about, you know, trying this shield on my helmet and different shield and blah, blah, blah. Like he's definitely doing whatever he can to make himself better every run to yeah. hit the tree. Yeah. And, and, and you, you kind of but he's 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 that good. and He's that consistent where it gives Dave Conley an opportunity to kind of mess with it a little bit where he knows where he's at. And that I think that's one of the important things about hitting the tree and qualifying is it gives you an opportunity to know where you're at. And you'll see some drivers, you know, Jeg, you'll see Erica Enders, drivers like that that'll go up there and in qualifying they hit the tree. But then it gives them an opportunity where they know how their clutch linkage is set up. Right now, okay, I'll be it's almost call their number fifteen or ish on the tree. But then you go to the final round, you gotta run a one of the best drivers of all time, Jed Coughlin. Well now you start moving it a little bit, give you an opportunity to try to pick up a hundredth on the tree. Dude rips off a double of three, wins on a whole shot. I think Jaggy said that after the final round they interviewed him. He was like, Yeah, I set up to, you know, be ten or something like that, and it still wouldn't have been good enough. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like there's only a select few drivers that I th- I think that have the ability to be able to do that. Call call their reaction time within thousands of a second, you know, right. to to where you give yourself the best opportunity to win the race. But I think if you go up there and you in qualifying, you're like, ah, well, it's only qualifying. And you go 60 on the tree and 90 on the tree and, and then maybe get a 20 or a 50. Well, when it comes to eliminations, well, how are you going to be able to step it up right on, on an accurate basis to where you could put yourself in a position to try to go double O on the tree and get any, anything you can. Yeah. That says a lot about how good they are just staging the car. It's not like they can go up there and bump it in like we do with a handbrake. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Typical. Yeah. Funny cars like, well, I need to pick up my light. I'll just roll it in deep. Watch this. (laughs) I'll roll in a deep about three, four hundreds. I'll show them. But I still wish we could get the tree swapped around like we keep talking about. Yeah. Because there's a few teens and 20s out there that have been ripped off in funny car lately that those would have been red lights. Yeah. Which, you know, we've talked about that. But I think if uh, there's an opportunity to, I mean, in a funny car, I think if you absolutely hit the tree perfect, shallow staged on a good track with the with the tune up set up right, like fifties, sixties. High fifties. High fifties. Right. Right. So I would think, man, if there was a way that you could set the standard at O fifty and make that in a sense like a triple zero light. Right? Yeah. And then it would have it would give the drivers an opportunity to shallow stage to hit the trees the best ability. Now, bracket racing, sportsman racing, stock, pro stock, motorcycle, any other class we drive, if you happen to leave two or three or four hundreds early than what you think you should, it's a red light. Top feel funny car, not so much. If you, because 50s or 60s is kind of right. the standard, if you happen to catch it and you go 20 on the tree and you win on a whole shot, 
You look like a hero. You're a greatest driver of all time. (laughs) Yeah, you crushed the tree. But, you know, and and I think we've we've all done that. Yeah, I did it a couple races ago. Right. And I've done that and, and, you know, but good drivers recognize that as far as, you know, like I was talking to Robert Height and I was like, man, good light. And he's like, oh, you know. Right. You, you you're, know, you're amped up. Yeah, you just. You went. Exactly. And, um, but I, I, I think having that, it, it'll alleviate the issue of the drivers that can't cut the tree, can't cut a light. Just, uh, I'll just deep stage the thing. Mm-hmm. And then that way I can go report it back to my sponsor on Monday and say, yeah, I won on two hole shots last week. Well, yeah, I mean, technically you did, right? But I, I, I think I think you kind of see a whole different element of driving um, if you were to do something like that. Now, how do you speed up a tree five hundreds, or how do you speed up a car? The top fuel cars on how they react five hundreds, it's way above my pay grade. Yeah, there. I'm sh- somebody smarter than us knows how to do it with a tree, to where you have to go up there in the back of your mind, knowing like, hey, if I flicker the top light might go red here right yeah exactly yeah and i mean you know there's probably if you do something like that it's probably a three or four hundreds oh yeah advantage um you know and obviously what you with the rollout what you gain in react you lose in et but i think i think there's some drivers that are kind of fearless in the sense of like they'll they'll discredit their team their car the tune-up and potentially lose the chance of getting lane choice in the next round. Sometimes that's really important. Right. And their their primary focus is like, well, if I can just leave first, then that's all that matters. Right. It's like, well, sometimes you got to think bigger picture. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's tough Sunday telling yourself, all right, might need lane choice here. Maybe like go up there and bump her in. Depend on who you're racing, right? Yeah, and I and I think there's there's multiple sides to all of that because if you're running, you see the guy in front of you that may win on a pedal fest. Well, obviously, lane choice isn't going to be separated by a thousandth or two of a second. Exactly. So it might change your perception on it a little bit. You know, sometimes you're going to go up there and try to flicker the bulb. Sometimes. You may just kind of slide it in. Sometimes they may quick stage you, so you may kind of get in a little fast behind them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's obviously tricks of the trade. I mean, some drivers get affected by flickering of the bulb or, you know. So there's 100 ways to, uh, I guess, skin the cat, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Absolutely right there. So, yeah. But uh, uh, how about uh, we almost doubled up? What was it, sixth out for Dougie in the final? Dude, yeah. That was close, with a cylinder out. I thought Doug was going to do it. I thought he won. Dude, he was driving so good. That would have been 100 wins for uh for Connie, which we're definitely going to get 100 wins for him this year. Well, like we, I said before, I hope we get like 103 or 104. Well, six races left and four cars. Yeah. So we got, I guess, 24 chances. We got we got chances. I I think I think we'll be able to do that for Connie, man. He he deserves that. That so funny how Connie like I mean obviously the guy's just a legend, but just how much he loves this stuff. And yep. how much I mean you, you talk to him and and just how intelligent he is about everything and and I think sometimes there's 
maybe it's just me, but it's just, you know, obviously Connie's, you know, he's, he's been around a long time, but just how sharp he is on the tune up of the car and his knowledge level of, of everything that goes on. It's to me, I'm thoroughly impressed by it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome to have conversation with him about, and he'll give you like driving tips too. He'll come over sometimes like, Hey man, you know, maybe this or this, or, you know, what have you on pedaling the car or doing, you know, whatever he thinks. And, but it's like, makes sense. He's definitely clued in like up to date on everything. I just hope that I'm alive at that age, let alone being out there tuning a car and as sharp as he is. And he's out there driving the golf cart around. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when you're pulling up to the pre-stage, you can see him out of the corner of your eye. We're, Brainerd, I think it was. Like, he was in front of the starting line. Like, rolling up there to pre-stage. I'm like, oh, shit, there's the old man over there. <laughs> he's just like, back that thing up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's, I mean, he's he's as close as you could get. Yep. There's there's nobody that's going to be any closer to him. But it's funny how, how just how, how quick he is on it and just, how much he can recognize and pick up by, by being up there like that. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was cool, man, to see, see him and, uh, or see Dougie, Dougie, and he's 047 in the final and just had a cylinder out, but I mean, one of these days we're going to double up. Then it's going to be a serious party. Oh yeah. Yeah. You think <laughs> the mosh pit's good for one. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will get hurt if there's a second one on Dude, the same day. And then, Blake Alexander goes to the semis again. Yeah, like I keep saying, that's a top five car. Every time he shows up, he's a threat to win. Yeah. I mean, what happened to him in the semis? Uh, Spin? Yeah, smoked tires against Terry McMillan. But, I mean, yeah, they don't test or anything. No. And just go out there and make, make runs. Make runs down the track. And Blake does a good job on the tree. And. I mean, he was 64 and 60, missed a little bit in the semis, was 86, but, I mean, left the same as McMillan. But, it was, yeah, it was crazy, though. I mean, they, they none of the dragsters were really running. I mean, with the exception of first round, there were some good runs. Uh, you yeah, know, they were all backed up as the day went on. Antron and uh, both Torrance's and uh, O'Millican was low with the 382, but outside of that, like, after that, I mean, Blake was low ET of the next round, 389. Then uh, semis, low ET was Dougie, 394. And then McMillan wins in the final with a 403. We hey. might be able to put our funny car in dragster class. Someone said that here Monday night. I think it was Nikki. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Some people might not find that funny, though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. Let's just have 32-car fields. Yeah, don't take if, don't take offense to it. We're just joking. We're not going to put our funny car in dragster class. Tech department won't let us do that. Right. If you get mad, you're getting a butthurt report. Yeah, don't get, don't get mad about that. It's okay. <laughs> How about our boy Richie out there uh, drag weekend right now? Yeah, him and Yanni Lindbergh. Oh, yeah, Lindbergh was here Monday night. I forgot about that. Lindbergh was here? Yeah, he was here. Oh, Lumberg. Lumberg was here. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're doing drag week in the car that... What motor did they put in that thing? They took the entire, what Lindbergh runs in his alcohol funny car, took that setup and put it in Richie's car. And drove it down the road. Yeah, and somehow they have a, it's a fuel injected going down the highway. Like, they take the blower belt off of it. Okay. Then when they get there to the track, like it's full-on race mode, I guess. So the motor, 
that's out of Yanni Lindbergh's alcohol funny car goes 270 miles an hour. <laughs> yep. He's driving down the freeway. The big old screw blower on it. And it's in a 57 Chevy wagon going down the highway. <laughs> How badass is that? It's awesome. I saw a video right before we went live on here. Those two, I think Lindbergh took the video. They're wearing, you know, radios like crew chiefs wear just so they can talk to each other because it's so damn loud. <laughs> I wonder what kind. I mean, we all know that probably doesn't get good gas mileage. So, oh, it's running on. What did it? Like they're doing something different for when they go down the highway to improve that. Oh, okay. Figured they'd be like, yeah, Harem knows. Towing a trailer with a 55-gallon drum. He said they removed the burst panel and put a throttle body in its place. That's right. Oh, And okay. they're running it on E85 going down the highway. Dude, how cool is that? <laughs> Harem, what are you doing on here? Aren't you supposed to be working? Do you work still? Hot Rod Harem. High Gear Harem. Oh, High Gear Harem. Yeah, Reinhardt dubbed him on that. Yeah, that that's cool, man. What? So what did he... Uh, didn't he, he run yesterday? I think yesterday might have been the first time they... I thought they were going to go to IRP and run it, but I don't think they got it done in time. So I think they just went straight to Drag Week with no runs on the card. It went... I saw it went 8-something. Yeah, I think it went like 8.30. But yeah, I was texting Richie the other day, and he was saying that, that he'd been up at the shop till like 2 or 3 in the morning, every morning, trying to get that thing... Since Indy trying to get that thing put together. And and they're not doing it for money. Like, I don't think Drag Week pays anything. <laughs> yeah, but dude, how badass is that car, man? It's just for the cool factor. That car definitely wins a cool factor. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just... I saw a picture of it. Maybe it was on his Instagram or something. But it just looks mean. It does. It looks like it's about to, like, rip off a big old wheelie in the middle of the freeway. Can you imagine, say, like... Driving down the highway like we were yesterday, coming back from the race shop, and that thing goes blowing by you going down the highway. <laughs> yeah, <as laughs> Maybe you're... with that lady driving gave us the finger. Yeah, we got flipped off yesterday. But we weren't the only ones. I mean, we were probably going eight. Uh, well, we were going the speed limit-ish. Like a little above. Maybe. Okay, so maybe we're going 10 or 15 above the speed limit. This lady comes blowing by us. And flips us off. And we're thinking like, because, yeah, so, yeah, we, we went up to the shop yesterday. Um, I just got back last week, went down to Alabama, got back Sunday night. Jerry and I left early Monday morning, went up to the shop, and we had a couple things to do in the funny car before it headed off to to Reading. So on the drive back, you know, we're just casually driving, talking, having a good time, cutting up. And all of a sudden, this old lady flips us off, blowing by us in an Escalade, like, but yeah, like she was ran up your ass for a while there, right? Yeah. So they're like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm an asshole. Okay, like won't be the first. No, time. it's not. Yeah, won't be the first time I've been, you know, flipped off or whatever. Well, then all of a sudden she starts flipping off all the truckers. <laughs> now, she definitely owned I sixty nine yesterday. Like that was her highway. She like pissed. It consecutively just rolled her window down, hung her finger out. And flipped off the road, the the, the line of the line of truckers. It wasn't even the one trucker's fault. He was in the slow lane, <laughs> and still got the finger. Oh man! I wish I'd have videoed it. She was <sighs> extremely stressed out. Something, but it, yeah, I mean that that's what keeps it entertaining being on the road. I so, mean, it's yeah. kind of like going places, people watching. Like you going on the road and just seeing people like freak out because they're like <laughs> getting a construction zone, right? And they can't maintain their ninety-five mile an hour average. 
What do you think they're averaging in that thing? Uh, but they have to take, I think, back roads also to go to these tracks. Like, it's not all just interstate. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, nothing, you know, nothing like having a a motor that goes 270 mile an hour, you know, trying to make a hairpin turn on the side of a mountain. Uh, I think it's pulling a trailer, too. Yeah, so obviously he's not going to get stuck going uphill. Yeah, and this year, like, they're down south. Like, they're going through mountains. It's not like when they're around here, going from Indy to St. Louis and what have you. Right. South Carolina, North Carolina, that's not flat down there. Well, he better get it figured out because that hurricane's coming. Yeah, I'd be getting the hell out of there, heading back here. So when does that, how how long does that go till? I think it goes up until Friday. Like, he can't do all of it because clearly he has to go to his real job. Well, I think they called a state of emergency, didn't they? Or, like, their evacuation? Well, they ran Darlington today. Some people did. Well, they got about two days. <laughs> I think it's coming Thursday. Well, they're fine. Yeah. Should be able to outrun the storm, at least. Yeah, I think they go to Atlanta, maybe, somewhere around there. Yeah, because I know he was talking about, yeah, trying to figure out how to get from Atlanta up to, to Reading. I think he's coming up, what, Friday morning, probably? Something like that. Yeah. He was talking about chartering a plane from Dougie. I don't think that's going to work out, though. Yeah. Well. That's cool if he does, though. Hell yeah. More power to him. Yeah, hopefully hopefully that that hurricane won't even mess with us, man, because... I mean, looking at the schedule, it's a pretty tight schedule. We don't really have much opportunity. That hurricane comes through, they'd probably have to go to St. Louis and then go right back to Reading, right? I would think. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to stay in Reading and then go to St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? Like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. We were talking about that that. the other day. When was that in Reading? Was that 2008? That I think I was running... Alcohol dragster. I was running uh, the Lu- uh, Morgan Lucas's alcohol dragster, <laughs> but I think we ran on like Wednesday. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure that we missed our flight and we all drove from Reading to Indy so we could get here in time to test. <laughs> and there are guys still racing Tuesday or whatever it was and needed to be here Wednesday to, r- to test, right? Right. Yeah, that was crazy. But even when there's not a hurricane, it rains in Reading. It doesn't yeah. matter what time of year we race there, it rains. Right. Yeah. Typically, well, a few years ago, it it was freezing cold there. Oh, what, yeah, I that's think, right. Nobody got down the track. Was that, I, mean, I think we ran on like Monday, maybe? Was that 12 or 13? I think it might have been 12, 2012. We ran on Monday, and they went like right into, maybe it was first or second round. I can't remember. But I remember, I mean, it was freezing, like 60 degrees outside. It's like, there's no way you need these cars. And it it was either you hauled ass or you blew them off on the starting line. Yep. There's yeah. no in-between. Reading is always kind of a crapshoot mm-hmm. with the weather. St. Louis could be good. It also could be blistering hot. I think yeah. those days are I, over here. Though. I think I think I I was looking at the weather here. Let's look at it. But I think St. Louis St. Louis was looking good weather wise. Well, how about all that water? Is that gone? I think so. I think I think they got it. Yeah, I saw on Chris Blair's Facebook that like the whole pro pits was underwater. It looked like a lake. It, yeah, bring your boat. <laughs> Definitely not going to be golfing. I didn't next even door. know that could happen there. Yeah, I th- I think they got it fixed though. But um, yeah, I mean projected out. Like, St. Louis is looking like mid-70s. Oh, boy. It, yeah. That's going to be fast. Oh, boy. 
That would be really fast. And then the cool thing about Reading, I always enjoy going there. They got Wawa. Oh, man. I wish we had Wawa. Maybe I, we should start I forgot about that. Dude, Wawa's are so good. Yeah, Wawa and Sheets. You can eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Wawa at a gas station, and it's legit good. Yep. We need to figure out how to get one of those out here in Indy. That's a good idea. Maybe we should look into that. Well, got to win some more shootout races, right? Oh, the ones that we don't have anymore. We'll get them. We'll get them back. We got faith. What else we got? I was looking at a... I was curious. I was looking at the extended on uh, St. Louis. Yeah, you, can't, yeah, you can't look that early, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to... There's a hurricane coming. That could affect, affect some things. Well, yeah, but like right, right now... Right now it's showing Saturday and Sunday, high of 78 and 80. In St. Louis. In St. Louis. Hmm. That's going to be fast. It could be really fast. That'd be awesome. I like going there as well. St. Louis is a cool city. Are there any baseball games we can go check out? Uh, we need to look into that. That's always fun. What do they call that ballpark village? Yeah. That's that's awesome right there. Yep. And they got the casino. I don't like going to casinos with you. Guaranteed to win every time. <laughs> yeah. If you don't bet to lose, then you can't lose. <laughs> Just gotta... Yep. I'm pretty sure the last time I didn't win. The well, one time we turned out the lights in Columbus, that was fun. Then we went back and we didn't. Yeah. Yeah, that who yeah, that was me, you and Chad Head, right? Yeah. And we went what did we go over there? Was it fourth of fourth of July we went over there to go on the We went out on the lake. On the lake, that's right. And then one of the nights we went to the casino and they were basically like, uh, you guys you guys need <laughs> like we're closing they closed the table on us. Yeah, they shut the table down, which they said, can't yeah, do that. Yeah, they said uh they said, Well, yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna close the table like you um you guys, they uh, thought you're accounting because you're calling the cards coming out. Like they're getting pissed about that. I only called like five in a row. <laughs> it was pure coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> um, harem. Okay, so there was one time I harem's wedding. We were at Cosmo in Vegas. I lost my. Yeah, no, I lost my ass. Harem won money. KJ was probably happy though because you spent a lot of money. Yeah, I should have free sweets for the rest of my life. I, I do get emails now that I'm a valued customer. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, harem, harem got uh, that wasn't good. It was a good time. It was fun golfing. Vegas is always fun. I like I like going like golfing in the morning, going gambling. Until you hang out with harem, and then he's like, "Oh, let's go to the high limit room. That'd be a good idea." No, it won't. Harem, actually, it won't. Or you stay up all night with Chad. Or you stay up all night with Chad and somebody steals his rental car. <laughs> Trashed it. <laughs> One of the, we have to get Chad on the show because we have to we have to ask him about this. Because he's given us a story and he's told everybody the same story. I'll give him credit. He, he has sticks not, to it. He has not changed his story. But everybody he's told the story to has said, that story does not make sense. Why did you show up to the track in a cab? <laughs> Your rental car did not get stolen. His claim ticket wasn't ripped. His claim ticket wasn't <laughs> ripped. And then magically the 
the rental car returned returned to the hotel to the hotel trashed in the same parking spot the next day. <laughs> uh, we have to have Chad tell the story because how he tells it makes the whole story. I was concerned about him for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, we couldn't. It was kind of like one of those movies like Hangover. Where, it was like the Hangover. Where's Doug? It was Where's Chad? Uh, Harem, why did we leave? We lost. We, we left because we ran out of money. Like, we had no more money. They cleaned us out. We were... Clearly, you weren't counting cards that night. Like, ATM couldn't go get no more money. ATM shut us off. That's when it's time to go to bed. Yes. When the ATM declines your fun for the rest of the night, it's time to go to bed. It happens, especially yes. at casinos. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, Vegas, that'll be cool. We're testing Monday after Vegas, right? I'm sure we usually do. Yeah. Vegas Monday testing can get tricky because Sunday night in Vegas is always bad. Some people don't show up for testing. Got to drive their cars. Some for people them. get real sleepy during testing. <laughs> Just it's weird. Oh, we love we love Vegas. <laughs> we got Dallas. What, what? Oh yeah, Charlotte. We got to go back Charlotte. I think Charlotte will be good. Charlotte's gonna be a fun one. It should be, especially because we're there later in the year now. Like it's gonna be cool. It'll be very or cool. It should be. And that track just that track gets real fast. Except for the year that it was throwing rocks up, ripping the concrete up. Yeah, it looked like a rooster tail of concrete. Yeah. Well, just got epoxy for that. <laughs> no big deal. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the countdown. I think it's gonna be good. A lot of a uh, lot of good cars ready to throw down. Man, I'm telling you. Like, Who do you like in Dragster? We ain't picking Funny Car. Yeah, we can't pick Funny Car. Um, man, Dragster. Um, you know, you kind of look at it, it's kind of funny because it's like, like Brittany, she's an eighth. And there was a similar situation last year where they they kind of come in kind of middle of the pack and then they just went on a good run in, in the in the countdown and won the championship. Um that's what I was wondering where did they start last year? For some I'm thinking it was like 6 or 7. They're 8 this year. I'm I'm not someone could probably correct me on that. Um but I think I think Doug's do. Yeah, like Doug Coletta is absolutely do. They're not, due to get on a big roll. Yeah. Um, I think Antron's tough. I think Antron, Antron and Doug are your two best levers of the class. Um, and they're fifth and sixth. Antron's been running a lot better. Um, I feel like they're getting a pretty good handle on the car. Yeah. Like the last two or three races, that thing's come to life. Yeah. Um, they got, uh, they brought Mike Green to kind of oversee a little bit of that as well. Um, I think Antron's going to be tough. You know, Tony, Tony's Tony could be tough. I mean, you know, Neff and Neff and Phil, they had a really fast car in the beginning of the year. Tony, what about Tony hurting himself? I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Like on Complus, he hurt himself working out. Yeah, we read that, but I don't remember much. I, I, I don't remember I, him being hurt. I kind of, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I read like part of it, and it was like. <laughs> It doesn't make. It didn't sense. make sense to me. I didn't. It didn't make sense. 
Anyways. Um, Milliken. Milliken probably has the the fastest car. And they're going into the time of the year where the conditions are going to be in their favor. And they are going into... Exactly. Um, Torrance, Torrance can run good. Um, I think, you know, obviously after last year, I think that team's one of the more motivated teams to win this year. And he's going to have some blocker cars. And he's going to have some blocker cars. He's going to have his dad's car out there, which can... Oh, I yeah, mean, it has one. Has one, can win. Um, you know, Don Logano will be out there. So he's got a couple blocker cars. Um man, I don't know. That I think it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Like I, I think Steve's cars uh if it were to be all hot tracks, I would I would lend or tend to lean towards Torrance. Um in the cooler man, it's I don't know, it's gonna be tough. I'm ready to watch it. I, I am. Um, I'm going to, if I had to pick one, overall package deal, cold tracks, cooler tracks, I'm I'm going to, I'd, I'd reach for Antron in this, out of the sixth spot, I think. What do you think? I'd almost agree with that because they've, like I said, turned it around in the last few races where earlier in the year you're like man what's going on with those guys but he like he's making really good runs now and he's smacking the tree like he always does yeah and that's and you you've seen like you can't rattle him no yeah i mean he's he's been there he's done that he's he's seen it all so i think you know he kind of has a little bit of like the tony schumacher like where he's been there done that um you put him in those situations that's what they thrive on they're they're not there's a big change of racer mentality when you go from having the aggressive mentality to I don't want to screw this up mentality. And I think having been there before, those guys gives them a, a big advantage. Um, but yeah, I hope that Dougie is the one that gets rolling. Obviously, dude. Doug, I mean, not just, I'd say this even if I didn't work for Coletta, but Doug's do. Yeah, Doug. he's way overdue. Everybody agrees with that, I would I, I mean, say. one of the best drivers all time in the class. Um, he, he's, he's very deserving of the championship. Um, so this was actually something that we talked about earlier, but kind of like looking through the rundown of all this. So like Scott Palmer's deal, right? Scott Palmer, he's in 10. Um, so setting him up to get into the countdown. We've always kind of had situations in the past in Indy where – Drivers will race one another, and we've seen some things in the past of teammates running, certain teammates laying down for one another. Um, to help them secure their spot. To help them secure their spot into the countdown. So Palmer gets put in a kind of a unique situation where uh, with Richie losing and then um, uh, Salinas winning – it put them in a position where they were in 10th, 10th place. If he loses the round and oils the track down, he will now be in 11th place mm-hmm. and Richie will get bumped into 10th. So they elected not to make a run. Right. So in in essence, I guess um, you look at something like that and would you classify that as the same or similar situation, because obviously in 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 both situations, 
if you're a team owner, that is the 100% absolute right call. In Palmer's situation, yeah. you shut the car off. You don't make a run. If you're a teammate and your teammate has to win that round to get in, the other cars just happens to smoke the tires. And it's not that we want to do that. It's a business. You're trying to get your cars in, keep your sponsors. Like you, you just get put in these situations that you have to make these calls. Obviously, Palmer wants to win Indy. Obviously, they got a great running car. They've had a good car all year. I mean, it'd be awesome to see him win. He's looking at the big picture. You look at the big picture, but do you? Would you classify that as the same thing as like throwing a race? And it's that's a gray area. Our sport has a lot of gray areas when it comes to things like that. Right. But I can't remember on TV. I thought that they said like it didn't have oil pressure or some shit like Mine that. Mine wouldn't either. Of course. Mine wouldn't even have an engine in it. Yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> I forgot the engine at the pits. Can't make the run. <laughs> or just never leave the pit. I don't know. One of those things. Yeah. So, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, he doesn't know rolling up there. Like, he might have to race. Correct. Now, if Richie wins the round right. and Salinas wins the round, he would have to win the round to maintain his number 10 position to qualify for the countdown. Right. But with per the circumstances with Salinas winning and um, Richie losing, he's now locked in 10 spot as long as he doesn't oil the track down. Well, didn't we talk about this before? Didn't Conley and Vandergrift get put in a situation like that? Like they went out there and a couple years, shut it off early or whatever. A couple years ago, same situation. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you read a lot of, stuff on the internet or, or listen to the fans and a lot of fans get really upset when certain teams quote unquote go diving for the other team. Yeah. It seems like they focus on like those teams more than something like this happening. Right. You know, obviously there's, there's questions in the past of, you know, John driving out of the groove or certain other teams of what have you, but from a business decision, like that's the call you have to make. Yeah, there's no question about it. But in the end, what is like what is different about that though? Is I guess is my question. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I don't know, that's tough. I would hate to say like it's you and I at Indy and I drive it out of the groove not on purpose. And it gets you into the countdown like people are probably going to say, "Well, we did that on purpose." Right, so then we, you know, in a sense that you'd be dubbed as like, well, you dove and you don't give a good show for the fans and this and that. But what's different than shutting it off on the starting line? By runs are not a good show for the fans. By runs are not a good show for the fans. So I guess my point of all this is uh, everything that, that happened, I mean, from an owner standpoint, from a driver standpoint, from a business standpoint, that's that's the right call. You have to do that. But... In the future, I wonder what is different circumstances that maybe NHRA can do with the oil down. Maybe, maybe, maybe the indie race take out the the oil downs because you do for the countdown, right? Yeah, maybe you start that. I, I don't know. That's tough because look, look what happened in qualifying. Wasn't it after Q five, Richie got back into the top ten after he was bumped out because Salinas oiled the track Q five, right? Correct. To where Salinas should have been out there. He's qualified on the pole. You're, You're not going to improve Q5 from Q1. Just go out there and shut it off. Click it off 400, 500 feet. Right. Get you some data for tomorrow and shut it off. Right. So, 
yeah, so I mean that that's the thing is like now Salinas is in, he he qual- he's qualified number one. He's not gonna improve on that run. So making a run to the finish line is beneficial in not really many ways. No. So but obviously there's the other aspect of that is you want to put on good runs for the fans. Or maybe get some bonus points. Or maybe get some bonus points. But, yeah, so so he oils the track down, gets knocked out of the top ten in qualifying to where he has to now win first round. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, wonder, I don't know. I think NHRA probably kind of wants to create that drama, though, to where it can go back and forth like that. And it's bitching. It's, it's awesome drama. But how do you not put the racers in a position where they're going to go up and get ready to fire the car up for round one yeah, of Indy like, like somehow and say it's better for my business to not make a run right now. Right. Somehow, yeah. I don't know. That's tough. Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Neither do they. I don't know. That'd but, be I'd, See, that, like stuff like that is, is stuff that like I think would be good feedback from, from the fans. For we when we have these driver meetings, I think these are things that like NHRA and the drivers and the team owners need to be discussing. Right, like how like that's we, that's racing stuff that we need to talk about, like TV numbers. Like okay, whatever. Send me an email. Yeah, tell our marketing people that. Yeah, exactly. Send me a pie chart. <laughs> Plus, we'll have our journalists there taking the meeting minutes, anyways. Yeah, well, we got some pretty good journalists. What can we say? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so that that was kind of a something that that we were talking about yesterday, driving back um, when we were driving back from the shop was just, I mean, just sometimes you get put in situations and you you have to make the call for for the bigger picture. At the end of the year, put yourself in the. Uh, pretend, I'm, I'm glad for the championship that, that somebody was wise enough to eliminate that for the countdown because that's no way to lose a championship with something like that happening. Yeah. I mean, imagine you win a final round, but oil it down. So you lose because of the oil down. Like, yeah, that would. So, yeah. So luckily they, they don't have that in the, the, uh, for the countdown. So what do you think? Like, like pro stock, what do you think? You got some good drivers, some really good drivers, top 10. Yeah. I'm going to say, I don't know, man. Like, you never know about the KB cars. Yeah. I mean, but Tanner, Jaggy, Erica, like, they're going to be tough these last six, I think. I think Jaggy will give Tanner a run for his money the rest of the year. Yeah. I think, I think Greg, Greg's got a great car. Um, Tanner, Erica, Jag, Nobile. Butner, Skillman, Kramer. Kramer's had a great year, man. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's driven great. When when uh had a good Western swing. I mean, Jason Line. Oh, that's another I mean, thing. Like, what are they gonna do next year with Pro Stock, Mountain Motors, and seems like that could be a messy situation trying to figure all that out. You just gotta be fast enough to beat the other guy, is all you have to be. <laughs> You so you're saying, a, like, have the shoots out, like, 
1100 1200 feet every time yeah i don't know much about it i don't i know they're gonna try to get in from what i understand try to get in the mountain motor cars have their regular pro stocks i don't know if you could put carburetors back on them put scoops back on them i mean yeah that's another thing can pro can 500 cubic inch cars go back to their old style i don't know i wonder if anybody know because I, I mean, when you get it, when there's a class like that, I mean, and they start putting all these different things in, because you know, as soon as one setup runs faster than the other, they're going to get weight added on. So all you have to do is be able to have your window net open <laughs> and look across. And if you're ahead, you might just want to lift about 30 feet early. Maybe they'll start having spotters near the finish line. Because if you only outrun. Man, that was a good race. I only beat you by three thousand, but I was down thirty mile an hour. Now I'm gonna whip your ass these last six by you, two car lengths. You're just fast enough to barely win until the countdown. Then you start donkey stomping them. Uh, yeah, it could be like you said, to where like, you don't want to turn into comp eliminator, where you got all these different cat. You know, like I don't know. Well, so I guess my qu- I, I, what I'm curious on is the pro stock cars in. In Indy, we're going low 660s, right? Those mountain motor cars were going six, 630s. 30s? High 30s, I think. How do you... You got a two-tenths gap there. <laughs> you know, what, are you going to put 200 pounds on a mountain motor car? I don't think so. <laughs> are they the same cars? Like, do they utilize the same chassis? That's a good question. Or is a mountain motor car more like a pro mod, or you know what I mean? I didn't get a chance. I wanted to go over there. I was I was meaning to go check all that stuff out, and I didn't really. Indy's tough. Indy, like it always seems you don't like have you don't, time to you do don't have, shit at Indy. You don't have time for nothing. It just seems like there's so much going on, and I mean, so many fans are there, and so many sponsors are there, and your family is there, and you're trying to keep your stuff with your race car, and it's just like before you know it, it's like man, you get there, and next thing you know, it's like. Oh, oh, leaving for the day. But, um, yeah, see, like, Mountain Motor, 641, 637, 635 at 220. Who was that? John, I don't want to mess up his name, but John DeFlorian? Yeah. A lot of these guys ran IATRE back in the day. I remember that. Yeah. So, they're off about uh, two and a half tenths. And about 12 miles an hour. I mean, what if they put, like, a bigger spoiler on the mountain motor cars? Would that slow them down enough? Are they going to figure that out before Pomona next year? No. Like, yeah, they need them to run these next six races to figure it out. Well, Did right. Indy show them enough? Uh, it showed them that they're they two, and a half, two and a half tenths faster. So that's what I'm saying. Like, all right, well, get me a mountain motor set up. Let's go racing. And I, oh man, I only went six fifty nine, about a buck ninety two. Yeah, right. so like if you're Freeman or someone like that, like why don't you just go get you a mountain motor car? Then that's probably what they'll do. You get you a couple setups, right? What NHRA needs to do is open up the class to allow drivers to run two pro classes. <laughs> oh boy, because you want to drive one? Yes, <laughs> I want to go bracket race a pro stock car. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what are you gonna do? Just dump the shoots because you can't stand on the brakes. Well, exactly. Um, I mean, 
just put some mirrors on it, I guess. Put some mirrors on and kind of just got to get there first by a couple thou. I think that like they should have to pull levers. Like the old dude, I I saw videos so awesome. Uh, Daryl Alderman was the in car camera back when he ran. I, I don't know where I saw it on Instagram or something. But Daryl Alderman back in the day running Bob Glidden. Yeah, you know, pulling all the levers. Yeah, make him do that. Hiking the front end, like ooh, that's badass. That's what's cool about them mountain motor cars. Like they'll pull the front end way up. They rip. Yeah, be fun. Be fun to drive one, man. That's what I'm saying. And or a pro mod. NHRA should let us drive two pro classes at at the races. Can you imagine driving top fuel and funny car? How badass would that be? That would be so freaking badass. Guys like Pat Austin driving an alcohol funny car and top fuel. Yeah. Winning I mean, both. Exactly. Like I I mean I've I've run super comp or super gas in, in the top fuel car. Um but I think like dude, how cool would that be to run Top field dragster and funny car. Yeah, like Dell did, right? Almost positive he's done that. At a race? Yes, back in the day. So is Dell the reason that we can't do it now? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Damn it, Dell. Oh, that yeah. But I mean, I, I think at this point, like I think at this point, we need cars. So all all the rules should be off. Like, if you have an opportunity, someone comes in and says, Hey, I want to put a mountain motor team together and I want J.R. Todd to drive it. Like an NHRA is going to go back and say, well, no, can't do that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I want. Okay. Can't remember if it was you or not talking about this or whoever, but when they got these exhibition cars out there at the track, like Indy, they had them old gassers. Like they're cool, right? But they're not appealing to like young 20 year old kids. Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, that was actually something that we had talked about because uh, you were on Wes Buck's show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying that. That's right. So mm-hmm. let's get those radial guys out there. Right. I mean, it's it's you know it's all about like the age demographic of what, what, what are you trying to accomplish here. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're trying to go after like the younger age demographic, I mean, how how do these gassers appeal to them? Like, I mean, they've, Never seen them before, never sat in them, never really knew nothing about them. I mean, and in this day and age, you have cars on the showroom floor that can outrun these cars. Correct. So, which I'm not knocking the gassers because I think they're cool as shit. But yeah, yeah. What no, are, like what? Yeah, we're trying to grow our sport. So turn on the Discovery Channel. I guarantee you, like that's what all these young kids are watching now. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Their races are like they have to turn people away from because there's so many damn people there. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're turning people away from our events. And they're racing when they go put on events, they're racing for more money than what we're racing for. Yes. So, I mean, obviously there's value in that. They're doing something right. Right. So, let's bring in those guys. And then you want us to race two pro classes. I want to race against them. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't know how we can, I don't know how you how you get to that point. I mean, like uh, I want to go run some of Ducks races also. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, it's what pays the most. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Ducks races are draws a, a big fan 
I think one they of got them pays a hundred, right? They pays a hundred thousand dollars. But I mean that that's why I continue to do all the bracket racing. I mean, hell, next year they're racing for five hundred thousand dollars on a single day. Next year. Well, it might end up being two days just because it's going to take that long. Well, it might, depending on the car count. I mean, I would suspect it's probably going to have over 500 cars close to it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's that the money, man. Like, you got – that's what that's what blew me away about that Comp Plus article where they're like, well, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to have the shootout, but, I mean, it takes a little bit of pressure off because, you know, like, What? Hell no. No. Race for as much money as you can, as often as you can. Like, that's how you make money, man. Yeah, to be able to say you're the best. There is nothing better than going up to the starting line. Like, like what you did in Indy in the final round. Say, I'm about to hit the gas right now for $100,000. Like, that is the ultimate adrenaline rush. Like nervous gut, yeah. I like, think that's like you're like mentally drained after races like that. Correct, because you're so pumped up about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's those are those are the races though that will get you completely that can potentially get you completely psyched out of it before you even go up there. Like racing, racing like that. Like you know, I mean, typical NHRA race, fifty thousand dollars. But I mean, there's a lot of times the bracket races you're racing for fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. $200,000, you know, half a million dollars, whatever. And you're like sitting in a water box and kind of running through all your emotions of everything and, and your checklist of all the things. And then it like, if it dawns on you, you're like, well, I'm about to let go of a button for six figures right here. Like, don't flinch. Don't mess up. <laughs> it, okay. So back to those racers saying that they're happy or, you know, they're glad the pressure's off that they don't have the shootout. So, do our other races not mean that much to them? Like, you're just, like, throwaway events or what? 50000 Like, you're not getting up to win those? Yeah, those other ones don't make you nervous? Uh, right. Like, why are you treating one race any different? Yeah, and it doesn't, the shootout doesn't pay any more than Indy. It pays the same. <laughs> yes. And it's one less round. So yeah, shoot. It's, yeah, it's a three-rounder. Yeah, so if anything... I would rather not race the race. I would rather race the three rounder for a hundred thousand than the four rounder for it's less work. Hundred thousand, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's all right. So yeah. Well, uh, damn man, I think we about covered everything. You got you got anything else on your? No, agenda I'm good. List? We uh, go to Reading and keep kicking ass. Hopefully, dude, I'm pumped, man. I I hope it doesn't rain. I'm I'm so ready to go to go to Reading and race in the countdown. Like I feel I feel right now like dude we between both of our cars, we got as good a shot as we've ever had. Ah, uh, yeah, like me I feel the exact same way. Like I started feeling once I saw like how close and how good our cars ran at any test, I'm like, Oh man, here we go. Right. I mean Tuesday morning I woke up Tuesday morning like, damn, I wish we were racing today. <laughs> yeah. Like, that ready to go and i'm sure you're like i hope we're racing tomorrow because you had you had the winners hangover <laughs> something like that it's finally gone exactly <laughs> time to focus on the big picture now uh chip yep we will have uh no mex effect gear at the track this weekend um 
you can uh, stop by the pit. Uh, we can uh, give you some some swag. Give. Give. Because <laughs> you, yep. We can't discuss all that. But yes. Just stop by and ask for one of us. Just stop by and ask. Yeah, exactly. Or you can always, for anybody else, you can always go onto our website, nomexeffect.com. Yeah, make sure you go on there and fill out the uh, the fantasy deal for this weekend. Win a free shirt right. or a hat. Be like Aunt Renee. Yep. Just uh, got to make the smart picks like pick J.R. Todd. <laughs> or Sean Langdon. He's heating up. Going to catch a heater. <laughs> I got a hunch he's due. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's uh, let's go to Reading and maybe we'll come back and do this again next week for St. Louis. Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys listening in. Make sure to... Uh, if you got any uh, questions or feedback or things you want us to discuss on the next show, make sure to uh, send them in. You can message us or go onto our website, nomexfect.com. Um, you know, make sure to check out the apparel. We've got uh, T-shirts, hats, stickers, and all that stuff. And uh, I think that's about it. That's all I got. All right, guys. Thank you. <laughs>